Hello, and welcome to the Detroit Real Estate Experts Podcast, your place for top tips, helpful hints, and all things real estate in and around Detroit. Today's episode features Jay Taylor along with one of his agents, Kareem Hunter. Kareem is an experienced real estate agent who's recently purchased a home in Highland Park. Jay and Kareem talk all about the city of Highland Park, what makes it special, what is promising about the future of Highland Park, and what you should be looking for if you want to buy a home in the city. They also talk about the two-year-long saga of Kareem and his partner buying their dream home in Highland Park. This episode is full of information about this little city within a city, so we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Detroit Real Estate Experts Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Experts Podcast. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm with Kareem Hunter. Kareem, say hi. How are Well, we're doing great, Kareem. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, super excited to have you on the show. You, uh, of all people, are going to bring some really great light to a city near and dear to Detroit residents, and that is Highland Park. So before I dive into the meat of this show, I just wanted to like take a moment and say it's been a long time since I've been on here. I'm going to be rusty, so counting on you to carry some of the weight. How does that feel? I don't know. You definitely rusty because I don't know what I'm doing. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So um, you were warned. I'm going to be talking about your move to Highland Park. Um, I'm going to be talking about what you see coming down the pipeline in Highland Park. Also excited to talk about, you know, your story in real estate. So um, before we dive in, would you give us like the cliff notes shortened version of your last four years what brought you into detroit and real estate Gosh, well you know this is, this is my fifth year in the business and it's funny you mentioned that because i just started my my broker's course last night so, congratulations well thank you thank you so yeah i'll be taking my broker's course I started in uh, actually started up here right before i left to go to alabama and i got licensed in alabama back in 2017 and i found myself moving back up here you know, selling back and forth when I got licensed in Michigan in 2019. Um, so at that point, you know, moved back full time in Detroit, started selling real estate. And that's all we got to know. Except there's a really big piece you're missing out here. And that is for the last two years, you've been fighting for something really important to you. Yes, that's, that's very true. And it's also part of your industry. You've been buying a house. Yes. Why did it take you two years? Uh, it was a, a land contract situation going wrong. You know, um, there was a, a land contract tenant in there. They bought the house. After they bought it, a fire happened. So it's kind of been just sitting at the wayside until someone figured out what was going to go on with the property. And myself and my partner, Zach, we ended up just driving around the neighborhood and we saw this house and we're like, this definitely looks like a house we don't want this living in. And we, we went there, um, we knocked on the door, no one answered. So no one definitely was living there. And uh, I ended up sending a letter to the owner who ended up living in Rochester. And at that point, it took them maybe two or three months to get back to us. He called me one day. It was around the holidays. And he was like, hey, we received your letter. So that actually works. Like it writing a yeah. totally personal letter to a seller. Like Definitely. he responded to you. Definitely, yes. I mean, he, you know, he, he gave us a call. Like my, my number, my email. Gave me a call. And he said, hey. Um, so, you, so, yes, which property, what, which property were you interested in? And I said, the one we're clean. And at that point, you know, we went to go take a tour of it and just immediately upon walking into this bungalow, this craftsman bungalow, 
we were like, this is this is the one. Now I've been in this house. I'm just gonna pause you here. This house is not pretty. This house is <laughs> in terrible condition. It's got like tarps on the roof, crumbling plaster, cracks through the tile, hardwood floors have buckled in certain places. Like this house is uh rough. But you're a visionary, so keep going. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not afraid of you know a house with some work. The home we owned in Montgomery, Alabama, definitely 1900 Victorian needed some work, so we were we weren't scared of anything like this. But you know, we were able to see past that. We saw the, the wood beams in the living room, the craftsmanship, just all of it, the built things. And we were just like, yeah, this is the one we're about to stop the search. Like, what do we need to do at this point to get this thing going? You know, we so we made an offer. How long ago was this? What, 2019? What are we, 2022 right now? Yeah. I just feel so long. 2019, December 2019, we initially reached out. We didn't hear anything for like January, February of 2020. Okay. So right early 2020, you start the deal. Right. Okay. Yeah. And here we are, early 2022. Here we are, early 2022. And so we found, this is before we figured out the land contract going wrong. So we, you know, we approached a, a seller in Rochester. He said, hey, here's the property. So we go into an agreement and then the land contract vendee comes out of nowhere and say, well, no, you know, I still am living at this property. Here we are. We assume this property is vacant, but it wasn't vacant, so, so to speak. So she said, hey, we're, we're involved. So our initial deal went to the wayside. We had to get her involved, lawyers involved, this, that and the other. And I'm like, OK, we got to like pump our brakes and figure out what is really going on here. So long story short. Of what we thought would have been three months turned into two years because we had to figure out how to remedy the situation with the person who was buying on land contract from the seller that approached us. Yeah, and so I think it ended, if, if I'm right, um, where she got her land contract paid off and she netted a little bit of the difference between the two sale prices. That's correct. Yeah, so you basically honored her land contract, cashed it out, seller got what he was told he would receive, she got the remainder, you got the house. That's correct. That's great. And the beauty of that story is that uh, I think the average investor would take the path of least resistance, which is just, hey, you default on a land contract, you're not taking care of the house, you've been for, uh, foreclosed on for your taxes, all these different reasons. And then the land contractee would get nothing. And the current owner who hasn't been taking care of the property the whole time all of a sudden gets double the income and you know it, it creates homelessness it does all these things exactly. that i think are unethical but it's not always easy to do the more ethical thing yeah and it's, especially when you're you're involved personally you know into the deal you kind of gotta step away from it a little bit and kind of look at it from like a holistic standpoint so it's definitely a tough tough move and it wasn't convenient for you guys because for the last two years you've been driving from flint yes <laughs> to do detroit real estate exactly exactly that it's, yeah it's, it's definitely a challenge for the world all right. Well, I uh, want to talk more about the city of Highland Park. Why on earth, of all the places around this area, did you guys pinpoint Highland Park as where you want to live? For us, it honestly started with the historic architecture of the homes. You know, you go up Woodward, and a lot of people tell the same story. You're driving northbound of Woodward, going towards the suburbs for Low Ferndale. You kind of look to your right on Woodward, and you see Fair and McLean, Massachusetts, and you're like, well, these homes are large, but what is here? What is this place? And you find out that it's Highland Park. You know, it just it has great homes there. And you drive down a little further, you see some of the streets, some historic district streets, and it's just kind of, you fall in love with the architecture. But 
that's really what just brought us there. And then from there, we found out, okay, this is not only just about historic real estate, it's located in such a great location and proximity to Detroit that it's, if you're looking for a home as a first-time home buyer, it's a reasonable investment without going to D- Detroit back in the University District, where you may not have the money at that point to live in that neighborhood. So you find something similar. Yeah, you're getting the same architecture, the same mm-hmm. home, the same build period uh, for a fifth of the price. 100%. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, what's crazy, you say it's, it's proximity to Detroit. And I think for our listeners who are not local to the Detroit area, Highland Park sounds like a separate city. And that's because it is, but it is completely surrounded by the city. So it's yes. like where the Vatican is a city state within Rome and you go in all four directions around it, you're in Rome. But for that brief minute of time, you're like not in Rome anymore. And that's Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Like to the north of it's Detroit, to the east of it's Detroit, to the west of it's Detroit, yeah. south of it's Detroit. And somehow it is like this never absorbed suburb. <laughs> is that the best way to describe it? That's a great way to describe it. It's like an island almost, if you will. You know, so it's an island, but... Um, and it really has its own personality. It does. It, it truly does. Um, like I said, when you drive, you're somewhere where you see it. You know, it's, it has a separate feel for you, sure. So what's happening in Highland Park right now that, like, is causing this resurgence? Because you're not the only one moving there. Like, I'm watching home prices go up. I'm watching residents decide, hey, I could move to this trendy Detroit neighborhood, or I could move to Highland Park, and they're choosing Highland Park. And it couldn't just be the price. What's going on? I truly would say it's right now it's location. Highland Park, if I'm being honest with everyone, is... There's nothing really drawn anyone to Highland Park right now, but its history and its location. And frankly, it's untapped potential. You know, once people see, okay, what the city can be, and they move it to this neighborhood, they want to find a way to make the city grow or to benefit everyone. It's like buying Google at $12 a share. It's like buying Tesla at $30 a share. We see, I I left Detroit to go to um, Birmingham, Alabama back in 2016, and Detroit's like night and day now. You know, if we go back to 2016, I wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't drop around some of these neighborhoods. And that's how people view Highland Park right now. Oh, if we, yeah, you know, if we continue to think of Highland Park, what it is now and not see what its potential or what could happen in the future, then you're going to miss on an opportunity, you know, as a lot of people are saying right now, Detroit. Because the population in the entire city is like under 10,000, right? Yes. Yeah. And yet, you know, so when you move your family there, you're making a dent in that population in a much larger way than if you were moving that same family to Detroit. Exactly. Do you know of any like commercial growth in the city? Nothing that's going to be like dramatic to the environment. Nothing publicized. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing that's like, yeah, this is definitely happening, you know, but it's just, like I said, it's just Highland Park. We had the opportunity uh, a few months ago to sit down with a, developer of the economic corridors of Highland Park, uh, Tyrone, what was his last name? Hinton. Hinton. Yeah, and has one of the city planners. I know that he is talking about some really exciting city opportunities, both along Hamilton and Woodward. So hopefully those make a big difference in your walkability score. Yeah, definitely. I I actually think Hamilton is a, a great, it's a great street just because it kind of connects those Detroit like University District, Bagley neighborhoods 
to downtown, but it has to once again pass through Highland Park, like Wilbur does. Yeah. So I, I think it's a very interesting concept how Highland Park is constantly like skipped over. So at this point, we are like being engulfed in growth. How do we involve Highland Park within that growth? Is how I think of it. Yeah. So you've uh, joined forces with a nonprofit in the city. Tell me more about that. Rehab Highland Park. You know, our great friends Blake and Maurice. They live, uh, you know, just not too far from us. Um, they've been nothing but help for us uh, when it comes to, you know, demo on property at this point. And, and what it is at Rehab Highland Park is their goal is to really um, to beautify the city, to get the city back into a condition where people are, it's a desire for someone to want to live there, not just drive a wolf and say, what is this? You know, if it's, wow, I want to see what it is, that type of situation. Um, yeah, I think this is a great group of people. Um, Rehab Highland Park just beautify the city. Yeah, I know that one of their target uh buildings is the library yep. you're like a block from it right i'm like a solid two maybe three blocks two blocks from the library but it hasn't been open for how long i believe it was shut down in 2009 officially yeah, so the city's got no library right now i mean that's just crazy no access to a library well you know they have barber prep um but yeah a lot of the what you what you hope will be amenities in the city aren't there well so uh I know that anyone listening right now, if you've got an idea, if you've got something incubating and you want a place to do it, I think Highland Park might be one of those places where you would be the first in. You know, they always talk about like whoever gets into a new space first is usually going to be the one who gets to see the most realized potential, the most growth of their initial investment because they're the first ones there. And I think Highland Park's that place where you can buy low, sell high, you can be a part of something huge. I know, uh, one of your goals is to kind of be the go-to real estate expert in Highland Park. So yeah. I would say if anyone listening wants to buy in Highland Park, Kareem knows every single street and which ones have the most growth and potential. Is there anything that you would say to a person who wants to move there in terms of like where they should be looking, what they should be looking for? Um, as of right now, I would say that the main focus is the two historic districts. Um, so you have the one one east of Woodward, if you're traveling northbound, or you have one just north of Davidson, west of Woodward, which would be Mayberry Grove Lawn. Uh, the first neighborhood was Highland Heights. Um, and I would say what's really important in Highland Park right now is a sense of community. Like every real, everyone wants to see that growth right now. And when you talk to your neighbors or people in the community, everyone is excited for what could be done. It's just who is going to be there to help or to assist with that growth within the city. And I saw a lot of outposts of growth in Detroit that all failed and they all chose, I think, a certain strategy, which would be, hey, let's buy that cheap thousand dollar house out in the middle of a field and let's buy up all the land around it and let's create like a, a new outpost of light, so to speak, like a beacon of hope. And then they found that they had no neighbors and they had tumbleweeds coming across their lawn yeah. and they had pheasants startling them while they walked to their car. Like they were in the prairies of Detroit, right? right. And two, three years later, nothing had happened around them. They had no friends nearby that they could walk to. Their kids had no neighbors to play with. And pretty soon they kind of got disillusioned in that property. They decided to sell. They might've seen some growth potential in that property, but it was not the heroic story that you see happening when you follow the second strategy, which is find a tight pocket of hope and growth and then just join and let that grow out. And so what you saw Dan Gilbert do in Detroit was buy in downtown and invest in downtown 
and then say, as that grows out, it'll then reach Midtown. And as that grows out, it'll reach New Center. As that grows out, it'll reach University District. And then specifically in those areas, if you invest in University District, the neighborhoods directly west and south and north all saw a boom. And so what you're saying, I think, is spot on. Focus on those two historic districts where the homes are beautiful and the population is still living. Don't buy that abandoned $1,000 house off in the cornfield. Because it sounds nice. It sounds nice to get it right now. That's why you shouldn't buy it, though. It's because you should focus on the other ones. Focus on the area where there's already some traction and help that traction spread. Because if you were to buy on block one of McLean, you'd be buying in Highland Heights. But then if you were to buy block two of McLean, it's still Highland Heights, but there's a little less traction there. And if you go block three across John R, there's even less traction. And as you move your way out, like you start seeing that you have fewer neighbors and you have less of a neighborly feel. So focus where you actually can see success, can see some community. That's good advice. It's all about having a vision and plan um, at the end of the day. You know? And I'm not going to lie to anyone. You know, so older home is going to need some love, Woo! some time. You know, it's not going to happen immediately. What's your next project on your house? We're waiting for things to warm up so we can finally slap this roof on there. And then we'll go ahead and get the the plumbing and the electrical done. And from there, it's just the design, you know, the fun part. We, we got through the demo. I right? saw that. I saw people pulling down plaster and yeah, pulling was, down. so messy. You know, like I said, we dealt, we dealt with that in Montgomery, Alabama. It was it's much messier now. Yeah. But it's, it's over. Now we're waiting for the, the fun stuff to start. All right. Well, give me an invite. I'll come over with a paintbrush. You know what? You keep saying that. Come on over. I haven't gotten the invite yet. Wait the spring. All right. You know, All right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you Appreciate you sharing your story about Highland Park. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening to the Detroit Real Estate Experts podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to tell your friends and subscribe to never miss an episode. If you're interested in more of what we do, you can find us on Instagram at JTA Realtors. That is J-T-A-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-S. On Facebook as J Taylor and Associates or call 313-410-1149 to chat with an agent. Thanks for listening and have a great day.